Hello and welcome. You're listening to KTAR's Arizona's News Roundup, the weekly podcast that gets you all caught up on the biggest stories in the state on your time from a Valley point of view. I'm your host, Taylor Kinnerup, managing editor here at KTAR News. Behind the board is editor and producer Kate Orda. We're two Valley natives breaking down Arizona's top stories this week. We also look ahead at what's to come to make sure you know what to keep an eye out on until our next episode. For this week, the week of Monday, May 1st, we're breaking down Arizona's first 100-degree day of the year and all that comes with it, plus a look at a shocking murder in the Valley. But this week, we're starting with President Biden sending troops to the southern border. On Tuesday, the White House and the Department of Defense announced the U.S. military is sending 1,500 troops to the U.S.-Mexico border just days ahead of the official ending of Title 42. The plan will be to deploy Army and Marine Corps troops for 90 days to assist Customs and Border Protection. Title 42 is a public health policy that allows the federal government to take emergency measures with the intention of stopping the introduction of communicable diseases. President Trump enacted the policy to allow Border Patrol agents to immediately turn away migrants at the southern border during the COVID-19 pandemic to lessen migrant crossings. And after lawsuits, court cases, deadlines and all kinds of extensions, the policy is officially set to end on May 11th. This is a topic that no doubt we will be diving deeply into next week on the podcast. So this week, I specifically want to focus on the latest news, troops at the border. As our news director, Martha Maurer, noted in her reporting on this subject this week, there are already 2,500 National Guard members at the border, and that's not necessarily due to the federal government. So, as we do on this podcast, let's look at this through an Arizona lens. On April 20th, 2021, then-Governor Doug Ducey declared a state of emergency at Arizona's southern border. Before I play for you some of Governor Ducey's initial announcement, I want to set the scene. It's spring 2021. The world is more than a year into the pandemic. The country has mass vaccination sites popping up everywhere. And we're four months into the Biden administration. And Governor Doug Ducey is in the back end of his final term as governor. Border crossings, after seeing a dip in the pandemic, are on the upswing and border communities like Yuma are asking for help. Now that you're in the 2021 mindset, here's some of what Governor Doug Ducey said on that day in his declaration. The U.S. Border Patrol is overwhelmed. Local law enforcement and mayors are calling out for help. Citizens in our border communities are concerned for their safety, and nonprofits left to pick up the pieces of broken federal policies are strained. Just last month, Customs and Border Protection had over 170,000 apprehensions at our border. Almost 19,000 of these apprehensions were unaccompanied children. That's more than four times the number of kids apprehended last March. The numbers don't lie. This drastic surge is a direct result of the bad policy coming out of Washington, D.C. He went on to criticize the Biden administration's, quote, lack of action, and then announced, We're not going to sit around and wait any longer. That's why today I'm announcing that we are deploying the National Guard on our own. The National Guard will also be available to support other law enforcement agencies, like our state troopers who are seeing the very real consequences of the Biden administration's failed policies. The Guard will support by assisting with medical operations in detention centers, installing and maintaining border cameras, monitoring and collecting data from our cameras, and analyzing satellite imagery for current trends in smuggling corridors. Now, doesn't that sound familiar? Side note, I'd love to know what the former governor thinks of the Biden administration now taking a play out of his book two years later. 
That being said, as Governor Doug Ducey mentioned then, the National Guard is mainly there to help with clerical work and odd jobs, and they cannot be utilized as Border Patrol agents. The same is true with the troops being sent to the border from the federal government now. Pentagon Press Secretary, Air Force Brigadier General Pat Ryder underscored that during Tuesday's announcement. For 90 days, these 1,500 military personnel who will be sourced from the active duty component will fill critical capability gaps, such as ground-based detection and monitoring, data entry, and warehouse support until CPB can address these needs through contracted support. This also comes as President Biden announced a new immigration agreement with Mexico this week. Mexico will now take some migrants that have been turned away from the southern border who originated from four countries, Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela, which could be a big help for the boots on the ground as those origin countries are among the highest for southern border crossers. Chief Patrol Agent for the Tucson sector, John Maudlin, exclusively spoke with KTAR's Taylor Tassler and said he expects to see a 20% increase in crossings once Title 42 ends. He also adds that regardless of the added resources, his team is ready. We went from about 60,000 people a year we were apprehending to 180,000 in in 21. I don't think we're going to see a jump like that when 42 ends and we were able to handle that. He included they'll also use personnel from other parts of the country for virtual migrant processing. But it's not just the big guns beefing up things ahead of Title 42's end. The U.S. District Attorney for Arizona, Gary Restaino, also spoke with KTAR's Taylor Tassler and told her that his office is gearing up for an increased workload as well. The Border Patrol is providing through DHS a couple of additional lawyers. We call them special assistants. They're going to come in with vast expertise on the agency and help us find some additional areas in which we can prosecute. That's in addition to the roughly 50 lawyers the DA's office already has around the state. We've also heard from some of Arizona's top leaders on the decision to send troops to the border. U.S. Senator Mark Kelly says, quote, I'm glad to see the Biden administration sending the additional manpower that can provide our Border Patrol agents and Arizona communities with critical assistance. End quote. And Congressman Ruben Gallego agreed. He told KTAR. You know, I think we should continue to do everything we can under uh, the law, as long as it's helping these border communities relieve some of the pressure that they're uh, receiving from these migrant flows. While Senator Kirsten Sinema was slightly more critical, telling Fox News the 1,500 troops is better than nothing, but the White House can do more. It would be most helpful if the administration would start by actually enforcing the laws that are on the books. That would provide confidence, particularly to Republican members of the House and the Senate, that we could get something done. And Arizona's former National Guard General Mick McGuire sided with Cinema, saying that the cartel may simply just wait it out. When you give the uh, cartels a beginning and an end date, say you're going to start on May 11th and go for 90 days, well, they'll just wait for 90 days to, to uh, ramp back up illicit activity. But for now, only time will tell if these preparations at the border will be enough once Title 42 ends. You know we'll be watching. Did you burn yourself with your seatbelt yet? If not, it's only a matter of time because the Valley saw its first 100-degree day of the year this week. On Sunday, April 30th, just two days shy of the average, at 1.41 p.m., the thermometer at Sky Harbor struck 100. And while earlier than the average by just a few days, it was more than a week earlier than last year's first triple-digit reading. However, thanks to a bit of luck, the National Weather Service meteorologist Jessica Leffel says we won't be hitting triple digits again for a little while longer. Temperatures are going to be able to lower several degrees with our coldest day next week expected to be on Thursday, where we'll be struggling to reach even 80 degrees in the Phoenix metro area. 
And while the first triple-digit temperature of the year may mean higher utility bills and a struggle to find your most sweat-stain-proof clothing for some, for others, it really is life or death. In last week's episode, we told you about a jarring statistic that roughly 90 people experiencing homelessness die every month in the Valley. And those numbers always tend to spike in the summer. That's why nonprofits and city and county resources are coming out in full force with heat relief options. This week, Maricopa County's Heat Relief Network of more than 200 volunteer locations got back up and running. Kelly Donnelly-Williams with the Maricopa Association of Governments spoke with our Colton Krolak to emphasize that heat can sneak up on anyone. Heat can be very sneaky and it can make you very sick very quickly and even more so for our vulnerable populations like individuals who are experiencing homelessness, our older population that's on a fixed income and may not be able to run their air conditioning. Which is why the county has also allocated federal funding to boost the county's home improvement program to repair or replace HVAC systems for qualifying families. Director of Human Services Jacqueline Edwards told KTAR with the hot weather fast approaching, there's not a lot of red tape to apply. Things do get moving very quickly in this program. A family of four cannot make any more than $70,000 a year. So that's the key thing. Plus, Maricopa County has approved an extension to an agreement with the city of Phoenix to provide temporary day and night shelter services to serve up to 200 individuals experiencing homelessness in the Phoenix area. Scott Hall with the city of Phoenix says the $6.7 million investment was urgently needed. Last year alone, 65% of the heat-related deaths were within our unsheltered population. So while the heat is inevitable in the Valley of the Sun... Please know that there are resources if you, a neighbor, or someone you see looks like they could use the help. I'll link these resources in our article write-up of this week's episode so you can check them out for yourself. And finally, a devastating story out of Phoenix. A young woman was murdered and now her family and Phoenix police are begging for your help. On Saturday, April 29th, 29-year-old Lauren Heike was found dead near Scottsdale Road and Mayo Boulevard. Police say she was found with obvious signs of trauma and likely killed Friday night. Phoenix Police Lieutenant James Hester says they're still looking for the person responsible. And on Wednesday, Phoenix PD and Lauren's family called on the public to help. We are looking for a male between 5'8 and 6' tall, wearing dark clothing and a backpack. We believe someone would have noticed this person either before the attack or after he fled from our scene. He continued his plea. I'm asking for anybody that saw something that just didn't look right the day of the incident or even the days after or days before to just come forward. And her parents, Lana and Jeff, continued the request through tears. We really, really are begging people Please, to come forward. Please, if you know something, come forward. If you know something, if you have seen something unusual. The family says they are devastated by the loss and the audio is gut-wrenching to hear. We will love her every minute that we are on this earth. She was my little girl. I'm going to miss her terribly. It's okay, honey. Um, I just hope they can find whoever did this to her. So if you or anyone you know might have some insight as to what happened to Lauren Heike, please call the Phoenix Police. That number is 602-262-6151. Or to remain anonymous, you can always call Silent Witness at 480-948-948. 6377. That's 480-WITNESS. You can even call the line in Spanish at 480-837-8446. So that's it. You're all caught up for this week, the week of Monday, May 1st. What's ahead? Here are some things happening between our recordings to keep an eye out on if you want to keep up with the news. 
The Phoenix Suns are set to play games three, four, and God willing, five in their series against the Denver Nuggets. The fellas are down 2-0, and they're also missing Chris Paul after a groin injury in game two. So Kate and I will be watching the game through cross fingers that are shielding our eyes. Games three and four are Friday and Sunday, respectively, at Footprint Center in Phoenix, with a hopeful game five in Denver on Tuesday. As I mentioned earlier, Title 42 ends on Thursday, May 11th. You can expect us to tell you all about it on next week's episode. And finally, the city of Phoenix's homeless encampment, known as The Zone, will begin scheduled cleanups and clearing out on Wednesday, May 10th. KTAR will be there and bring you the very latest details. Remember, you can read more on all the week's top stories and get breaking news in real time on KTAR.com. You can also listen live on 92.3 FM or to take KTAR everywhere you go, just download the KTAR News app for articles, podcasts, and of course, breaking news. A big thanks for listening from your very own Valley Girls, Taylor and Kate. This is KTAR's Arizona's News Roundup. Until next week.